everybody. This is the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I am Vern Value. And we are 25-year Wall Street veterans who get together every Friday, go through uh, Value Lines. Veterans of Wall Street. Veterans of Wall Street. We are uh, employed and we're analysts and have been so for a long time. Currently employed. We are, uh, yeah. And, uh, and we... Uh, we get together every Friday. We talk about Value Line and try to find uh, you know some decent stock picks among the, the things that they put out each week. This week we're going to talk about the December 8, 2006 issue. They do a fair amount of transportation, restaurants, environmental, industrial. Uh, you know the market had a good tone to it this last week. There's a couple of money making ideas in here, don't you think, Fern? Uh, well, oh, maybe, who knows? I think it. it but I think that's it. I think it's probably yeah. only a couple. I have. I've seen better weeks. Than hey, Value Line doesn't even have. Uh, this is not one of their constellation weeks where there's so many stars you don't even know what to look. The at. restaurant industry they don't care for quite at all. Here. Um, I, can't, I added them up. It's more than thirty stocks, and they have two of them rated two. Everything hmm. else three or worse. Yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, Vern's going to go first this week. I'm going to be back at the. Uh, Second half of the show talking about J.B. Hunt, which I've talked about before. I think it's a table pounder. You're a maven. FTI Consulting, which I'm new to the story, but it looks interesting. FTI, and also, is that like uh, football or something? I don't know. I don't F, know. I don't know. Feet. I don't know. I'm barely awake. And then uh, Genesee, Wyoming, ticker GWR. But first, with uh, very little fanfare, I'd like to introduce. Burn value. And an equal amount of preparation. Yeah. And um, expertise about what I'm going to be talking about. Well, we know very little, let's face it, but we, we try. We uh, try. We're, doing, hey, we're doing our level best. Our level best. Good choice. What does that mean? I have no idea. Me neither. I have no idea. I'm going to talk about a couple... Oh, by the way, I forgot something. Wait a yeah, minute. What? I forgot something. Oh. I've got to say that uh, we've got some disclosures. So check out our website, www.thevalueguys.com, where you'll find out that uh, we are uh, in disguises because our bosses uh, would never allow us to actually give you our unvarnished views, which we're doing. And this is for entertainment purposes only. These are <clears throat> actually some of the same comments we'd make to our institutional clients during the week. So they're, you know, it's uh, professional work, but we're drinking right now, which we often don't do during the week until... You know, in the afternoon, yeah, wouldn't you say? At least anyway. not usually when. Anyway, we're also I want to th I want to thank some of the listeners. We put a little survey out on the site to see what people like about the show, because uh, it wasn't our money back guarantee. I'm Terrific pretty sure. Terrific response. And yeah. we've had good response. And I just want to thank people. We're going through our extensive uh, photo collection right now. We've been doing a fair amount of traveling. You know, uh, Vern and I often uh, holiday together, and we've got some holiday photos. Uh, that we're going to be sending to some of the folks that have uh, been kind enough to fill out some surveys. So thanks very much for that. And if you haven't, please go to the site, do so, and we'll be happy to send you an autograph. Yeah, autograph um, photo of uh, the well. value, guys. It's uh, you know, it's not available in the stores. But anyway, so with uh, again less fanfare than even before, my uh, partner Vern Value. Even Vern. less yes. than before. That's right. Unifirst uh, Class A, I guess. Um, is what I'm going to talk about first. UNF first, kind of redundant, isn't it? The symbol's UNF. I've never heard of this company before. Stocks, I have not. Uh, stocks uh, just under $40, according to Value Line. They raised their timeliness rating to a three. 
uh, a couple months ago, or a month ago in October. Um, Unifirst is a leading company in the industrial laundry business. Well, I saw it. I was going to do it, as you know. And have then you ever you heard said, of the industrial uh, laundry were, business? Yes. Yes, I have. I was going to bring a lot to the story, but no, you want to do it, so there you go. I was I'm committed. Just, I was already. Right. I only had. I had a lot to add. Without this, Go I ahead. don't have free stocks to talk about. Okay. No, that's why you're. I would it. invite you to add color commentary okay. as I work through the right. statistical end because I don't really know the fundamentals sure. here. Sure. Uh, serves about 190,000 customer locations in the U.S., Canada, and Europe. I just want to add that that's really a freaking lot of locations. <laughs> Rental and cleaning. That's you know a few dozen at least per country. Uh, there's uh, a rent rental and cleaning and corporate are 88 percent of the total, specialty garments eight percent, and first aid four percent. I'd love to know what that is. There's no more information. Bandages uh, probably. Estate the, the estate of Aldo Croati, Croati Croati, owns almost 14 percent of the shares, 25 percent of the voting rights. Management owns about five percent. <coughs> CEO and president is Ronald. Croati. I'm sorry if I'm mangling this guy's name, but uh, and they're in Wilmington, Massachusetts, and it's uh, apparently a family-owned business. And so, what do you like about they've it? Been that, well, what do I like about it is I think it's cheap, <laughs> uh, or it's the closest thing to cheap I could find. Now the stock's up quite a bit. A value line it says something in here about yeah, jumped 25 percent in price during the past three months. Well, the market's up a lot as well, and the relative pickup is. Actually, relatively much. Well, it looks pretty decent since the spring, huh. if you look on here. Um, if you'd bought it at, on a low tick, sure. Yeah, that's okay. what I, I would have But done. the bigger picture is it's kind of been going sideways for the better part Along of the last the year. Well, even back even to though, 02, it's Yeah, not even though the price is up. Oh, right, right, right. And down a lot from a cyclical peak of about $46. And the returns uh, aren't very in good. 2005. The returns need Which to be better. you'd expect for laundry. I mean, you're competing with immigrants who will work for nothing and all they know how to flow, do is laundry. 20 times free cash flow because capital spending is relatively high. you got to have all this equipment, right? Now, apparently, they make uh, they make a lot of acquisitions. I think book must just be overstated here because returns are low. Price to book is not too high. And it's just, you know, maybe they're not depreciating equipment quickly enough or uh, something. Because I don't know, but I'm looking at the the returns as you point out are not all that great. Return on capital seven and a half percent. They're saying this year, um, with uh, operating margins, fifteen almost fifteen percent. So well, maybe it's just the ultimate commodity. Well, it's a long. very capital intensive yeah. business, so the returns are probably just nominally above cost of capital. I, they're buying stuff all the time, so there's probably a business underneath it that's more profitable than what you're looking at. And I was just struck by the fact that with debt of 210, uh, equity market cap 750, enterprise value 960, EBITDA, I make it about 175, and looks sustainable at that level. Well, that's the thing you got here is just stable demand. Um, but there's stuff getting th dirty. But you can look at you can see played. there's a steady. I mean, it apparently generates enough free cash that they can reinvest it in buying. Businesses because it's growing. It's a almost 900 million revenue company today, twice what it was. But if you're in laundry and you buy a business, ago. you're probably just buying customers. Anyway, this is under not five buying. and a half times enterprise value EBITDA. Um, a little bit of yield, but doesn't really count. 
Um, I, you know, well, they put a lot of money back in CAFX, though. It's not there's not a lot of free cash here. There's going to be uh, there's going to be some going for. I'm not sure when laundry equipment. But there's at some point in time this stock, which is at a discount to most of the other industrial service companies, the value line reviews. Well, they this have week, no edge. That's the problem. Um, at some point, it's going to accelerate on a relative basis, and you will have bought it smart here. I think. I don't know. Well, then why I were you going I, to talk I about I thought it? I liked it, but well, then see, uh, you said you the were going to do up, it. So I don't know. What I like most about it is yeah. it's stable. And, well, it's an annuity, but the problem is they don't pay a big enough dividend. To the, mark. Yeah. the thing I don't understand is they're hardly they're not even paying out ten percent earnings in dividends. Yeah. Which I didn't realize when I first picked it out. So and the there's yields, no yield here either. Right, the yield's right. just zero point four percent. I'm makes talking no myself sense. out of this uh, this one. Unifer. Okay, so don't buy you. Well, I've turned on it just during this conversation. <laughs> All right. So then I've got two trucking companies. One of which I've talked about because I went through I went through these restaurants, every single one of them, and they're just way too expensive. I've never and liked the, the restaurant industry. This maritime stuff has gotten way out of hand. Value Line at least doesn't like those. They like a lot of the uh, airline stocks, but those things have been going straight restaurants, up. Restaurants, the suppliers do okay because it's fairly stable, but restaurants are like movie movies. I mean, some are good for a little while, then they're bad. It's faddish. It's hard to hard to make money over. So there's, uh, I, I took a close look at trucking. There's a stock I think you can buy here. There's another one that I think you want to wait, and we're going to talk about where to buy it and why. Uh, the one where, that I think you can buy now is YRC Worldwide, symbol YRCW. It's the old yellow, yellow, yellow roadway. roadway corp. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's the combination of the two. I think that happened. I'm looking here at, you know, they don't have a lot of history here. They've mentioned that they acquired USF Corp in 505, but they don't specifically have you know when did yellow and roadway merge but there's a giant change in share count 0203 yeah um, so I'm thinking late 03 so it got in the shares and then you got the revenue kick in 04 and the company doubled in size I think that's probably about when it, does that sound familiar yeah it sounds 03, very familiar 04. a lot of value people bought this because of the tremendous valuation on the cash flow and the synergy to come from that uh, merger. So right after that, the stock ran yeah. up to as high as 65 in early 05, and it's been a pig since. Down, uh, well, at around forty dollars off of 65, you're down, you know, well over 30 percent. Yeah. Um, we the relative decline in terms of duration, almost two years here. Even though stock wasn't the same thing, it certainly served the same industry, et cetera. I have a problem previously. with these truckers understanding a lot of times their competitive edge. Trucking up until 1979 was a regulated industry, and I don't know how many listeners remember that or if they you know, were around paying attention. But at that point, the government decided which city pairs each trucking company could run. So you might get Dallas to Nashville or Orlando to uh, you know New York or what have you. And in 79, all those routes opened up and it became a giant free-for-all. And it's an industry where people who buy a truck, they don't count their own salary. You know, so they're, they're willing to work for very low returns on capital. Most of that, at this point, has washed out. So it's been kind of a 25-year uh, evolution to where now the big problem is right driver right. shortages. There's simply not enough drivers. And uh, well, that's keeping a lid on growth. Right costs. now, the stocks have been underperforming recently because uh, 
The economy has been slowing and freight tonnage has been slowing. Value line mentions here for yellow transport, 4% uh, year-over-year decline in tonnage per day. We have some great in uh, inside contacts. Uh, very recently, last yeah. week, we were talking to some insiders at some trucking companies. And yeah, there's a there's a big uh, slowdown going on right now. Okay. I don't think that's I think that's in the paper. Also. Well, and right, and as I mentioned, the stock's down considerably. Let's talk about what at forty dollars. You know what the financial metrics or the evaluation metrics are here. This is seven point. This is seven point two times earnings, which in two thousand six apparently going to be five and a half dollars a share. Uh, that's a relative P of 0.4 or a 60% discount to the market. The stock, as I mentioned, um, underperformed now for as long as it has in the uh, 12 years that Value Line shows on their that's chart. That's a little too cheap, I think. Okay. The enterprise value is about $3.8 billion. It's about $1.2 billion of EBITDA. So I've got a 3.2 enterprise value to EBITDA multiple. So that's 33%, everybody. Value Line's looking for cash close on to, cash return. Value Line is looking for close to $6 in earnings in 07. So I, I, have a, I have a stock that's a little over seven times that number, or something like 14 times an earnings number under $3, or half of that level. Yeah. Just 14 times, that would also be a discount to the market, right? I'd still be at a 20% discount to the market. I go back and I look at old history because I, I just wonder, is it common for them to earn at least uh, 275 say? Well, the, the prior peaks were 230 and 250 before they doubled the size of the company. Um, so I'd like my chances. Value Line in their text talks about a cost-cutting program Final innings, they're looking for another $0.80 cents a share contribution for 07. That looks cheap, no question. Um, it's um, four uh, with $4 of free cash flow right now. It's 10 times free cash flow. Are there any, uh, who owns that? Do they name any uh, serious uh, yeah, value guys? Believe me, they do. Wellington, 13%. Glenview Capital, say, uh, I think they may be a long only hedge fund, 6.5%. Uh, Vanguard Windsor, about 6%. Mm. Uh, management directors only 1.3%. So uh, leverage is down to 33% of capital is debt. So it's not there's not a it's not that it's cheap because of the risk associated with it. It's just it's perceived to be at peak earnings levels. I'd suggest that a lot of that's already priced in the stock. Now in contrast, I've got Arkansas Best symbol ABFS. Let's see, engaged in less than truckload and truckload. That's 92% of the company. So that's all we care about. Who owns this? Royce owns 12.5%. Barclays, 12%. Wellington, 9%. Uh, a couple other firms, you know, 5 and 9, whatever. Um, there uh, is virtually no debt here. With, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry, what am I talking about? No debt. There's a billion, no, I'm sorry, there is virtually no debt here. So I've got about a billion of uh, market cap, $950 million according to Value Line. And um, I've got EBITDA of about $290 million is what I make it right now. So this is also about 3.2 times. So I've got the same argument about I can cut it in half. The return on capital, Arkansas Best, is running above 15%. It has done that previously, 99-2000. So this is not unprecedented, uh, but it is at peak levels. The stock at 38 is down from a high of 50 earlier this year, so about 25%. 05, I think, was the best trucking environment of all time. All time. Yeah. This is a nine multiple. This is only a 50% <clears throat> discount to the market. 
Um, and so I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, well, it's a niche player with better returns and they have a story. Value Line has a, a description here of something called their regional performance model. And basically they're converting a bunch of their uh, operations to allow for same day and next day shipping, in effect competing with UPS and the like with somewhat larger really? average. Um, well, you may remember Roadway Express tried to make that work and that, I believe, almost killed the company. Um, I mean, maybe this is good. maybe there are no extra assets involved and this is really being done with software, et cetera. It may work fine, but... Um, Probably I, not. I don't think it's going to stop you from uh, bidding, getting hurt by... In the, re you know, the rest of the market, slow down, you'll lose pricing power, this best environment goes away. Um, I think the stock can go down from here uh, because mm -hmm. it's um, the returns, this boost in returns is a one-time thing as they convert to this different model and then their ability to sustain that, pretty unproven. There's some yield here, but I noticed that they don't didn't pay a dividend. They paid a dividend from 92 to 96 and then not from 97 to 02. So I'm not going to count on uh, keeping that yield either. Um, Value Line thinks there's some good growth here, but uh, in terms of, you know, they're talking about double-digit earnings growth over a five-year period or whatever, but average P.E. 99, 2,000, under five times. Again, that's at nine here. Well, these guys, think I'm thinking with the change-in model and a little better return on capital, uh, maybe a little bit of a private equity premium in anything cheap, that maybe six to seven times a, a bottom are these peak kind of numbers. Make, might make sense as these stocks continue to sell off and transport 26 to 31 dollars down from 38 so we're talking about a lot of downside risk here but I like the idea of somebody coming after and buying this this is a very tightly focused business they 92 percent of the business is the core trucking business I'm gonna bet you they have some regional uh, concentration expert you know presence that would be useful to somebody where it would be uh, complimentary they've got this emerging model they've got better than average returns the stock actually has been you know a good performer over a long period of time so uh, don't buy this now Arkansas best ABFS set up set a uh, uh, an alert on whatever system you well use. I think Arkansas is and when it goes under 30 from 38 today I think these guys are considered one of the best operators in the business. In the trucking industry, they flip around the operating margin. They call it the OR, the operating mm. ratio. So 12% is 88%, and under 90 in trucking is great. These are one of the few guys that actually do that. I, I, I almost forgot, and I'm glad you had something to add, because the other part of my thesis here, and the reason that I wanted to get involved in trucking, and so I looked for what I thought was the most attractive of all of them, where I think you're likely to see some pressure in the short term, is the idea that uh, you may be aware that there's been a, 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 a significant change in uh, EPA standards for emissions from diesel engines in trucks. And yeah, there's a standard sure. taking effect in January. And so this year, sales have boomed as truckers have renewed and expanded their fleets with new trucks in an effort to beat the price increases. There's also a little bit of a technology. You know, they don't know what their performance would ultimately be of the new stuff. And they're going to try not to buy these new trucks for a while. And this is a pretty well-advertised fact. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, the same issue will exist a year later. There's going to be resistance to buying, and there's another standard coming in in 2010 that's even worse. Well, no one's going to want to have to, you know, replace their entire fleet in three years with prices doing nothing except going up and technology unproven. So a perhaps better way to expand fleet and grow 
may be to go out and acquire it in the capital markets when you can pay these kinds of multiples of earnings if you have the ability to squeeze some synergies out of um, out of the business. So well, another yeah. reason to be looking at trucking specifically now. I'm not aware of that many deals in this space because uh, there's so little that's proprietary and they all traded premiums to book, you know. So um, in the old days you'd make an acquisition to get territory and get routes and that's not so true anymore either. So yeah, but I'm I don't thinking know. this is concentrated. Yeah. Could be. This has a, the revenue here is only just now getting to two billion dollars. It's a small company mm -hmm. in trucking mm -hmm. because Yellow Roadway, in contrast, is a ten billion revenue business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm done. I, that's it. I, yeah, okay. Hopefully, everybody's still awake. I'm barely awake. All right. Well, let's so do a beverage, beverage break. break. There you go. Thank you. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Okay, everybody. So over to you, Val. Thank you. Listen, if you're still with us, thanks for listening in. Um, I'm a little sleepy. Uh, we do this show at all different times of day, and I'm not even sure what time of day it is. I'm so sleepy right now. But I went through this week, and I really didn't find a lot of eye-popping values. You know, there's uh, the restaurant industry, as I said, to me, it's a little faddish. You got to overpay for real estate to get the locations that'll draw the people, but they're just going to come until the fad wears off, and so that's dangerous, at least for a value type guy. Um, so, you know, I did kind of look through the industrial services area, railroads, which I've talked about in the past, and trucking, and I just simply could not go on without stopping and talking about page 270. J.B. Hunt. So we've heard a little bit tonight about the trucking industry. Vern's talked about trucking. Uh, J.B. Hunt is listed here as a trucking uh, play, <clears throat> trucker. But I'll tell you, the reason I love J.B. Hunt, the theme for me with J.B. Hunt is market share gains by railroad. Okay, by the railroad industry. Huh? Well, Railroad is a cheaper way per mile to send freight. Right now, there's big freight shifts to uh, containers coming in on the West Coast from China and Asia, being trucked, being railroaded, or through a process called intermodal. You put these containers on, um, you truck them over to the train, and then you put them on the train and you bring them across country. Cost per mile on this is about a third less than it is on truck. Uh, fuel costs are less per mile, and you don't have problems with driver shortages because <clears throat> you know you can make trains pretty darn long uh, with one driver. J.B. Hunt right now has a traditional trucking industry uh, business. That's about a third of their business. They face the same issues as everybody else: fuel, driver shortages, market share shifts to rail, weakening pricing, yeah, etc. Uh, but then they have about a third of their business is called dedicated. It's still the trucking business, but it's like long-term leases of your trucks to your long-term customers, such as, for example, Walmart. Walmart says, I need, you know, 200 trucks dedicated to me and we'll pay for them. So even when those trucks are sitting around, you're getting paid by Walmart just to have them available uh, to you. And that's a pretty good return business. The intermodal business right now is also about a third. It's got 40% returns on capital. The dedicated, I think, is in the upper teens, low 20s. And the traditional trucking business has very low returns on capital because it's pretty much a commodity. Well, J.B. Hunt 
is investing only in intermodal. Uh, that's where the bulk of their CapEx is going, and some in dedicated to add to the fleet there. Uh, they have a very sweetheart deal with the Burlington Northern, where Burlington is moving freight, you know, 95% of the move. They split the revenue with J.B. Hunt, 47% to J.B. Hunt, 53 to Burlington. Um, no one else has a deal. It lasts into perpetuity. And so, uh, you know, J.B. Hunt invested over the years in this giant container fleet. Time. It's as long as we're going to need to worry about. And as a result, this little intermodal business is growing at 20% and has giant returns on capital. So when you look at J.B. Hunt's returns and see that in the last six years they've gone from 8 to 16 to 21 to 24 to 25, it's because they're finally hitting critical mass on this container fleet. And intermodal is finally, model. yeah, well, they've been buying these for a long time. And one place analysts get fooled is in the last two downturns, J.B. Hunt had a lot of excess assets in intermodal, so they were disadvantaged and actually lost more money and had worse returns on capital than anyone in the business. This all turned around for them. If you look back in 2002, they simply punched through with enough demand for intermodal to make this thing just a rocking business right now. Their operating margins have been rising every year. They're at 17%, best in trucking, returns on capital the best, and yet it sells at a discount, 22%. Uh, a discount to the S&P. The market throws this in with other truckers. What's well, a big premium to the stocks I was talking about? Well, yeah, but this thing really should sell. There's a little stock called Expeditors International that I used to cover years ago when it traded at equivalently now at about 50 cents. Now it's at 40 or something. Yeah, but that thing is twice plus well, a market multiple. Yeah, but you, the point is you can't buy it now. Huh. But this little thing within J.B. Hunt is just like that was ten years ago. It's a little gem that's being ignored. It's got enormous returns on capital due to competitive advantages and uh, and has no investment to per se in in assets and so uh, they're primarily a service business and you know that's gonna just work for a long time. JB Hunt has great service people they know how to talk to customers so they gain customers at the expense of you know rail direct who is not very service oriented so you get sort of trucking service, railroad prices. It's a winning combination. JB Hunt, JB HT, page 270. I like that better than either of mine. Yeah, you have to. It's got a monopoly in there, basically, this intermodal business. You own it, don't you? I do own that. Thanks for reminding me of that. Uh, let's see. Okay, uh, railroads. Now, I've talked about Burlington Northern here in the past. I do like Burlington. Uh, you can dial up that old show. Uh, my story hasn't changed. The stock's down because people are worried about a recession that, um, you know, 4% of the month since 1980 have been recessionary, well, the, 96 have been expansionary. The industrial economy slowed down, yeah. and I think coal volume might have, the, at least the growth there might have slowed down as you've had some excess inventory. I think that's all noise the in the big industry. picture. No, it's the, whole, yeah. it's the whole point. But it's not irrational that the stocks are down some. Not for short-term investors right. yeah but uh, anyway uh, so Burlington I like but I also just wanted to touch a little bit on a little smaller one maybe a little sexier Genesee in Wyoming JWR page 287 again the theme here is that railroad is gaining share uh, and that should be true around the world the reason that's important here is that Genesee in Wyoming 80 well, percent not why is that why, why is rail not gaining share from trucking around the world? 
because trucking is more flexible and adaptable, hence more productive and thus cheaper. Okay, I'm sure Vern studied this very carefully. But my opinion would be simply that the higher expense of trucking is going to lead to natural share gains uh, due to lower costs of rail and typically uh, subsidies for rail. But I haven't studied it whatsoever. But in any case, Genesee and Wyoming own some foreign assets, which is why I said that. Ooh. They own some in Australia, South America. They're having some problems in their Mexican operation right now. How exactly? Uh, it's it, it's very much so, and so as a result. Uh, yeah, I know why you said it was more sexy. Yeah, a little sexy because of South that. Of They've had some problems internationally in the past, so I'm a little leery of that. But one thing Genesee and Wyoming has that I like a lot, and Value Line doesn't really get into it too much here. I just uh, had a conversation with management a few weeks ago. They have a little service business that's got very high returns on capital because it doesn't have much uh, investment in assets. And what they do is they serve, you know, just imagine lots of train tracks coming into a central place where you, you know, exchange freight to a different railroad or you get your railroad, uh, your rail, you know, fixed up or washed. A freight yard. What have you, exactly. <laughs> So uh, they have a little business like that. I think it's about 15 or so percent of revenue, a higher percent of income, growing pretty fast. Uh, got some very Why unique now? locations. Doesn't it say there on the value line report about what? Whether it's 15 percent or not? No, they oh. don't mention it here at all. As what I just all. said a moment ago. Mm. See, uh, that's the incremental value brought to you by the value guys. <laughs> all right, Vern's going to have a turn now. No, I'm sorry. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. So anyway, I'm done with that one. Genesee, Wyoming. What's page 287. JWR. JWR. Uh, There's even, no R in Genesee or Wyoming. I'm just tired of even talking about that. <laughs> and then uh, FTI Consulting. Could this be like part of Gulf and Western or something? Like a remnant of it or GWR? No. No, no. No. Have you ever looked at this in your Railroad, life? Railroad, probably. That's probably Have you ever looked at this in your life, no. Vern? Okay. okay. Have you? Yes, yes. It's sitting on my desk right now. Genesee and Wyoming? I, I bought between this and there was a stock called Rail America. I bought Rail America. It was taken over. Yeah. Uh, there's this category in rail called short lines, and Genesee and Wyoming is one. Uh, in the U.S., you tend to have... Uh, Pretty stable business. These guys have 24% operating margins, which tells you they have something. What's the return on capital? I'm getting to all of that. Oh, Vern. I'm sorry. Well, you said you were Vern, done with Vern, it. Vern, relax. God, listen. I couldn't be anymore. Genesee and Wyoming. <laughs> and be conscious. It's got 12% returns on it. Returns on capital are low all through the railroad oh, industry. Oh, that's pretty good for rail. You're, you're just so easy. <laughs> Go ahead, please. Okay, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Okay. Uh, returns on capital here, 6%. Railroad tends to run low because they don't write off assets when they should, and they have very long-lived assets. Uh, these guys have been making acquisitions for stock. I'm not a fan of that. But it trades at a slight discount to the S&P. Railroad's gaining share. They have this high-return service business. And so uh, I'd buy a little of this. Genesee and Wyoming, ticker uh, GWR. Genesee and Wyoming. And that stands for Genesee and Wyoming. That's where the G and the W come from. And Railroad. then the R is railroad. Very good. Railways. Very good, Bert. Okay. 
Uh, finally, and thank frickin' God. I feel, okay. I feel railroaded yeah. myself. Uh, okay. So, uh, let's see. What do you got? I've got FTI Consulting, ticker FCN, page 338. These guys, here's an interesting company. They are provider of corporate finance restructuring, forensic and litigation consulting, and economic consulting. Uh, and they assist companies and their advisors. So they're advisors to companies' advisors. And they are advisors to company lawyers, lenders, and investors to meet the challenges by providing a range of services. Yeah, wow. Countering so, Starbucks <clears throat> lawsuits or I think it's maybe? just a whole range of nonsense that companies don't want to deal with in litigation, huh. uh, uh, archival, retrieval, you know, compliance, all these things, Sarbanes, Oxley, etc., and uh, and their business is um, you know predicted to grow you know top line 15 percent earnings 11 percent so maybe some mar margin degradation over time they're earning 20 percent operating margins right now that's pretty good I think it's pretty people intensive so that's a markup on labor and uh, you know they're primarily growing through acquisitions accretive acquisitions they trade at 17 times earnings they buy people at 10, 11 times earnings. There's two deals on the table right now, both accretive this year. Uh, this is a slight discount, uh, and so uh, I think you're going to see above average growth. The balance sheet's pretty decent. Uh, not really that decent. 40% oh, debt to cap. Better. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, you know, this is not a table pounder. It's just, it's a consulting business in this whole legal and, you know, compliance area, mm -hmm. which is going to grow faster than GDP. Uh, they're going to maintain stable margins. Their returns on capital are going to rise as they get economies of scale. And if, if not, they'll pass a law that it has to grow faster than GDP. They most likely will. Anyway, that's all I have this week, everybody. This is Val Hughes. And, uh, and if I'm you're still value. listening, thanks for listening. And I know it's been a very trying show as we try to get through these things. So. <laughs> It's a little uh, bit late, I think. Have yeah. a good holiday season, everybody, if we don't talk to you. But, uh, well, of course, we'll talk to them, right? We're going to talk, gonna, we're gonna talk to you next week. And next um, week. I expect to be uh, a little more alert next week. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good day.